It's the Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back. Back for another episode. Another week ended. Another week to begin. It's a Sunday night. Going into a work week. Uh, I'm having a taste before the work week. I'm back. Whew. I ain't gonna lie. I'm kind of drained. Uh, mentally, emotionally drained right now. Um, I just released a, a blog post on... Greatestiamblog.com, uh, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog. Uh, the blog is titled, uh, I Am Intentional. Um, yeah, I didn't expect for me to write that, that blog and for it to drain me like it did, but um, I'm not, I'm not surprised. No, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll say... Uh, I'm not surprised, but I didn't expect it. I'll say that. But yeah, blog post is up. Check it out. Greatestiamblog.com. Um, I am intentional. Um, I felt like uh, the beginning of this year that you know I was being divinely guided and divinely um, uh, supported to be more intentional with the things that I say, the things that I do, how I live my life, the decisions I make and stuff like that. So I didn't expect to be drained, but I understand, you know, I'm not surprised because um, just writing it up and even before I wrote it, I was thinking about all the things that I wanted to start being intentional on, uh, uh, whether it be the things that I say, things that I do, people I want around me, things that I say to certain people, things I've been holding in. Um, towards certain people and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised, but I just didn't expect it. So I'm a little drained. Um, you'll probably hear it throughout the show. Um, I was supposed to record Saturday, but um, I ended up watching both the fights that came on. And um, I was just done after that. I was going to try to record after the fights went off, but um, I just wasn't. I just wasn't feeling it. So. I was like, I'll just knock it out Sunday, um, and put it up. Right now is like, was it Sunday? Uh, it's 10:43 right now. I, this is probably like the fourth time that I tried to <laughs> record this episode. Um, first off, I started having some glitches, which makes sense. The Mercury retrograde is still in the post uh, shadow phase until March 13th, so I had some uh, technical glitches. And then because just um, when I was recording and and got stuck with some of my thoughts and uh, <laughs> I was just like, let me just start over because I knew I was getting stuck because I'm my mind is in like a whole bunch of different places right now. It's, in, it's on my blog, but it should be on the podcast and it's on work tomorrow. And, you know, it's just all over the place. But uh what I'm drinking tonight, I'm drinking Terramana tequila, a small batch tequila, the gold tequila. This um, is the Rock, the Rock's uh, tequila, Dwayne Johnson. Um, good tequila. Um, I like it. Got a good taste to it. Um, good price point, $30, $32, dollars for the white, $32 for the, um, the gold. Um, yeah, good taste. Um, 
not that many calories in it and stuff like that. So it's definitely a good tequila um, for people who are trying to make sure that they don't, you know, uh, have a lot of calories when they drink their alcohol and stuff like that. Because, you know, the, uh, the rock, he's conscious of that. So um, I was going to smoke tonight, but I decided not to. Um, I'll save the cigar for next week's episode. But the cigar I was going to smoke, um, which I'll reintroduce next week, is a Camacho Connecticut cigar. Mm, first burp of the night. Um, yeah. Well, let me just go through the outline real quick. I want to hurry up and get through the show, honestly, because I want to relax before uh, I get ready for work tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, I was watching the Chappelle show. Uh, I've been watching it since it's been back on Netflix. And, you know, I spoke about how um, he wanted everybody to boycott uh, Netflix and, well, not Netflix, but comedy. Well, boycott the show. Um, and Netflix wound up taking it down. Um you know, in solidarity to Dave Chappelle and HBO Max did the same thing. But he basically wanted his uh, his money, and his creative, uh, I believe his creative license from uh, Comedy Central and stuff. So he eventually got it. Um, and Chappelle's show is back up on uh, Netflix. And uh, even though I got the DVDs, I don't be watching them. But I've been watching the, uh, I've been watching it since it's been back up on Netflix and <laughs> uh, of course the show is funny but i just found it ironic that you know you know he said that he initially left the show because he he got to a point where he felt like people the people um that you know worked with him and stuff like that were laughing at him as opposed to laughing with him and if anybody have watched the Chappelle show then you know he he stretches the limits when it comes to uh race uh stereotypes when it comes to uh black people well just stereotypes period but particularly stereotypes with black people and stuff like that so and you know uh dave Chappelle, he's very he's a very well thought thought out uh person and comedian and stuff like that but i just thought it was ironic that you know all as dave Chappelle even says on the show all the niggerdom that's on the show and he actually wanted it back up even after you know the reason why he quit the show but you know um the show funny as hell, of course, but yeah, um, I just thought that was ironic. Um, another show that I've been watching on Netflix, matter of fact, while I'm thinking about it, that I thought was a, a, a nice little, a, a different, a difference when it came to the reality shows, uh, uh, Buried, Buried by the Bernards, and it's uh, a reality show about a black family who runs a funeral home, and the particular thing about them is they were the first funeral home that started doing the drive-through viewings and um that i remember that came out a couple of years ago um on social media about that funeral home and it was a surprise for me to see that that was the actual funeral home from that initial report a few years ago but yeah the show is real good there's no drama in it but it's just funny as hell and that's you know that's something you know, different when it comes to reality TV shows and stuff like that. So it's a good show. It's like the first season was like six episodes. But um, yeah, check that John Alvin already have. It's a funny show, man. It's just good to see a black family who run in a business, a lucrative business. I mean, because when you think about it, shit, uh, funeral homes always going to be in business. So they got, you know, equity for life as long as they running that shit right. But um. 
I'm also watching WandaVision. If any Marvel fans out there, Marvel Vision, I said Marvel Vision, WandaVision, uh, first season has been out this year. Uh, the last episode, the season finale uh, will be next Friday. And the show is very good, very good. And um, it's starting off the phase, I believe, phase four of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And um, very good show, very good show. I enjoy it. It has some great writing to it. Uh, it's very clever um, how they put the show together. Um, if you if you watch it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, one of the characters I definitely enjoy is uh, Tayona Paris. Uh, she was on uh, the movie The Photograph, and she was also on that show that was on Stars that LeBron produced. I believe it was called. Um, I think it was called Survivor's Remorse. I watched that show. It was a good show as well. Um, let me make sure that's the name of the right show. I don't want to be giving out no wrong information. Um, Survivor's, um, Survivor. Yeah, it was called Survivor's Remorse on, um, it came on Stars. I had four seasons to it, and um, the character that Tiana Paris is playing is Monica Rambeau. Um, I definitely enjoy her character. Um, I enjoy that her acting. She's doing a great job acting-wise on the show. Um, yeah, that's a good show. Um, anything else I'm watching? Um, can't, shoot, I'm always watching some shows, especially since I'm teleworking. I'm always watching some show, um, you know, while I'm working to get me through the workday or something like that. I, back in 2020, when all this first started, um, shoot, I, I ran through so many shows. I I don't even remember them. That's why I'm like particularly like I'm glad about like Netflix where you 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 uh, add the show to your list so when the new season come back up, they'll alert you to it because <laughs> it's a lot of damn shows that I've been keeping up with, and. Um, I don't. I ain't gonna remember that crap. So <laughs> you gotta be a real special show for me to remember. You know, remember you in when you coming back out and stuff like that. Because um, honestly, um, if I'm not watching the new show, I'm watching The Office religiously, um, and I'm, or I'm watching Girlfriends religiously. <laughs> I mean, I be wearing them shows out. I must have watched them. See, and, and The Wire, The Wire, of course, that's my show right there. I've gone, I watched the full seasons uh, probably, well, ain't no probably, more than 10 times. I can't count them on both my hands how many how many times I watched the full seasons of those three shows. Um, let me see where I'm going to start on this um, outline. Let me just start with a disclaimer first. You know, I talk a lot about politics and stuff like that and relationships and uh, Aborigines and Africans and, you know, all that. Let me put a disclaimer out here. I ain't a Republican. I ain't a Democrat. I'm not a Trump supporter. I made a whole show with a title said, I am. This is not a Trump endorsement. I ain't a Biden supporter. I'm a truth supporter. I'm a fact supporter. I'm a do right by a supporter. <laughs> um, when it comes to 
um, Aborigines, Native Americans, Indians, and Africa, and being a black African and stuff like that. It ain't got nothing to do with me not wanting to be of African descent or anything. I'm all about the truth. I know the truth is that many, the, the millions of enslaved black people in the United States were not from Africa. They were from here. I mean, it was interesting because I tweeted earlier in the uh, in the week and I was just saying, like, you know, seriously, it's no way that you can sit here and and actually look at how much money the United States made off of enslaving so-called black people on this land based off of them working the land and for you to actually think that how. Why Why were these people so good at working this land? Because it was their land. It was their land before they were enslaved. So they know how to work it. They know what to grow. They was growing it before they were enslaved. You're not going to convince me no more. And I'm, and I'm saying that no more because at one point I did think that we all came from Africa. And that's just not the truth. For, for as many years that I've been... Uh, a young boy and heard family members in North Carolina talk about, you know, we're Indians, we're Native Americans and seeing skin tones and seeing uh, phenotypes and understanding as I got older phenotypes when it comes to Native Americans, Aborigines of the copper color people, which is us over here, as opposed to Africans, black Africans from Africa. There's a total difference. It has nothing to do with me not wanting to be African or looking at it like, oh, me having self-hatred or anything like that, which could be interpreted that way because there are a lot of people out here that feels that way. I'm all about the truth. You know, I understand that there were some Africans, black Africans that were shipped over here doing the transatlantic slave trade, but the majority of the black Americans from both continents, North America, South America, and even the Caribbean islands, they were already there. They were Aborigines. They are native to that land. I understand the intermingling between black Africans that were shipped over here and the Aborigines, the Native Americans, copper color people that were already on this land. So it's not, of course, I could have some African uh ancestry of course but when it comes down to it we are being lied to why do you think they're trying so hard not to give us reparations because if they go into having to give us reparations then they will be forced to tell us the truth of who we are and not everybody wants wants us to know that <laughs> i mean they've been telling us this for years like our black leaders, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King came out and said that we are we are from here. We came from here. We originated from here. It ain't about not wanting to be African with me or having self-hatred or anything. I'm all about the truth. And the truth is we've been lied to too fucking long.
that's the disclaimer. A lot of my opinions, well, I ain't even going to say a, a lot of my, all of my opinions are not based on hatred for nobody else or hatred for myself or anything like that. It's about the facts. It's about truth. It's about my truth on whatever topic that involves me outside of that. You know, I'll play clips and stuff and I'll comment off them clips based off of what I hear. My opinions aren't, majority of my opinions aren't based off facts. You know, I will give you facts on my show, but I'm not sitting here saying that my opinions are 100% facts. And you'll find a lot of people, if your opinion don't align up with, if your opinion doesn't line up with their opinion, then there's a problem. And I'm not that type of person anymore. You know, granted, I used to be when I was younger, but I'm not the person that will sit and debate with you because I feel like that's a waste of energy. I'm all open to learning any and everything. Point blank, period. So moving on. Kim and Kanye. Kim filed for divorce. What I found interesting about this whole situation was that People started attacking Kanye's character, his mental health, and his past bouts with mental illness when it came to the custody of his children. Um, it bothered me because even last episode I talked about how, you know, I've been noticing lately a lot of the bullying has started popping up again and the stigma with mental illness and... It amazes me that, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian and her family all out in the open, you know, the things with the sex tape and all that other stuff and uh, all the stuff that the family has gone through. But people were so quick to jump and run and to question Kanye and whether he should be raising kids and stuff like that as if he's the villain. And I looked at it two ways. Of course, he's the black man in the situation. And, because, and of course, because of the mental, uh, mental health aspect and how people just think that they're immune to mental illness. <laughs> they really think they're immune to mental illness as if you will go throughout your whole life and your mental health will be 100% clear. As if they gone through their whole life with their physical health being clear. As if they never had a cold, never had a sinus infection, never had a broken arm or an ear infection or whatever. You get the point. But that shit pisses me off that people think they're above somebody who's openly, who's open and vulnerable about, about with mental illness, you know? And it also brings me to um, another topic that I discussed on the last episode when I talked about uh, the movie uh, Judas and the Black Messiah and how uh, one of the actors, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, he portrayed the role of William O'Neill. And William O'Neill was the, the guy who, uh, the black guy who uh, infiltrated Fred Hampton 
organization, which the organization he was the leader of, which was the Chicago Black Panther Party. And he's been having like this this feud with Charlemagne the God for for a while. And if you know who Charlemagne the God is, he's the he's on the breakfast breakfast club. <laughs> I was about to say breakfast. The Breakfast Club on uh, Power 105 uh, in New York. And he's also an author of two uh, books that were centered around uh, mental health. He considers himself a mental mental health advocate. And um, anybody knows Charlemagne. I always have like a, uh, a, a thing about him because he, he portrays himself as being a mental health advocate. But he's always taking shots at people's mental health or you know, whether they have a mental illness or not and stuff like that. And it pisses me off. But um, I got a clip. Let me pull up a clip. Um, let me see. Um, I got to find a clip. I got so many damn clips. I'll just be saving for future shows and stuff like that. Um, bear with me. Bear with me. Um, let me pull it up. Uh, I believe this is it. Let me. Yeah, this this the clip. But basically, uh, let me try to give some backstory with it. Um, uh, David Kalua, which was the guy who uh, the actor that portrayed Fred Hampton in the Judas and Black Messiah movie. He did a previous uh, interview um, with the Breakfast Club and Charlemagne started, he made like a little jab at uh, Lakeith Stanfield. And I believe it's in this clip. It's like a three part clip. But um, after that um, comment that he made about Lakeith Stanfield, Lakeith came out and, you know, basically called Charlemagne a hoe and said, you doing hoe stuff and all this other stuff like that. And uh, he did a couple of other things in, on like a little video that he posted on online. But uh, let me play the clip and then I'll comment. So I'm tired. Motherfucker tired. He's, he's waving a gun at a picture of me. Call it what it is. He's waving a gun at a picture of me. But once again, this is yet another example of Lakeith being able to dish it, but can't, but he can't take it. Cause he, he's made comments about the Breakfast Club and other black outlets being anti-black, being negative, reinforcing negative stereotypes of black people. That was back in 2019. I gave him donkey of the day for that and pointed out all the times he's gone on these white people's platforms and reinforced negative stereotypes of black people himself. I left it alone after that. Lakeith did a whole reply video. He did a diss song. He uh, put my face on the cover of the song and had me with the Sambo lips. Yep. I didn't respond to any of that. But I gave him a little jab during the interview. He won it. He's waving. A, he's, he's waving a gun. All I'm gonna say is bang bang. I owed him that, and that was light. He owed him that. But what Lakeith does, he gets online and he plays the victim. He makes it seem like I'm always coming at him. But he does that all the time. When he made comments about Kamala's hair last year and got backlash, he got online and said he can say what he wants, and nobody's gonna force him into well, not saying what he wants. All good. But if you're gonna have that energy of saying what you want, don't play victim when people. Say something back. That's well, I'm, all. I'm scared. That's all I'm gonna say. Damn. I, I wanted. Did, did you find yourself looking at Lakeith uh, differently after the way he played this role? Because he did it too well. 
Yo, you look he's still got beef. You look he's still got beef, Charlemagne. Is that what's it? I never had an issue with him. I never had an I never had an issue with him. I do feel like he was born to play this role though. We're not having that. We're not having that. We're not having that. Where is yet? Charlemagne, where is yet? But Lakeith, yeah, in this film, he makes the biggest sacrifice. Yes. Yeah, so uh, one thing that was left out of the clip was um, they was talking about uh, Lakeith and the video that he made and stuff, and they said he was waving a gun around uh, <laughs> of a picture of Charlemagne. Charlemagne kept making the comment about, you know, that brother need to get help, that brother need to get help and all this other stuff. And I can't stand when people say that, like, especially when you egging the situation on and you, you know, you, you fueling it, you know, instead of, if you feel like he needs to get help, why are you even commenting or making, taking shots and jabs at him anyway? I feel like, I mean, that's, that type of stuff has been done to me before and I've seen it done to plenty of other people. I've heard stories about it as well people with the bullying around the the uh, stigma of mental health and stuff like that. And like when it comes down to it, everybody's always in a situation where um, they dish it, but they can't take it. I mean, let's be real. I mean, be 100 with yourself. Everybody finds themselves in that situation at some point. Charlemagne do that shit all the time. He don't like getting criticized. That's why he always like to take shots at people. But I just think it was you know weird and very discouraging the fact that he called himself a mental health advocate but he's out here taking shots at people the way that he does all the time and it's like why are you compromising yourself to be a, a, a quote-unquote shock jock you know to get to have clickbait and stuff like that him coming from under wendy williams and stuff and if you know who wendy williams is you know how she rolled you know, you compromising yourself and you supposed to be a mental health advocate, you know. So are you doing this just, you know, to further your your fame and stuff like that? But, yeah, like I said, that shit pisses me off. <laughs> but um, moving on. Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Let me pull up that post. I got a post about it. Uh, Johnson and Johnson. What is that? Um, damn, I thought I had the. Uh, thought I had the screenshot of it. I gotta pull it up. I gotta go to Google. Okay, uh, FDA has authorized Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use. And this, is, this will be the third coronavirus vaccine um, in the United States. And what I thought was funny about it was, um, this is a, this, it was a thought that I already had, but I saw the tweet and I was just like, it's just funny that other people think the same thing. How Johnson, how Johnson and Johnson gonna have a vaccine that's touted so highly by the FDA, <laughs> but um, they can't even get the damn baby powder right. All them, <laughs> them lawsuits and stuff that they was having with the with the baby powder, <laughs> shit is crazy. I tell you, man, I just, I don't, I just can't um, trust trust these vaccines boy the way that they pumping them out like is 
a new Gatorade flavor or some shit. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson, they had issues with their baby powder causing cancer and stuff, but they think somebody's supposed to feel comfortable taking their vaccine. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm just not. I just can't get down with this vaccine based off of, you know past past history with um stuff when it comes to black people and um experimentation and and stuff like that and uh, and you and it's all corporate bullshit when you think about it you know they all the corporations just trying to make money and then the politicians are lining their pockets by pushing this you know by the companies having them push this stuff out there because if it if 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 all this was important to the country to the government about you know sp- not spreading the virus and stuff like that the focus would be on us building our immunity as a community you know uh eating the right things exercising building our immunity and our physical through our physical health you know things that we eat you know the things that we do stop smoking stuff like that and we know it's been years that the united states has been the most obese country uh out here you know so we man we some gluttons when it come to the united states i mean you got the extra value meals and stuff like that they try to change it up try to say it's not extra value meals no more try to <laughs> make the meal smaller but it's all about fast food over here um shoot particularly what i've noticed lately in the black community you have all these black chefs popping up everywhere and got these these big ass meals of fries with (laughs) crab meat on it and some special sauce and like we some fucking gluttons man this shit like it it gets to the point where i'll be looking at some of this stuff and it makes me it makes me sick. It makes me physically sick. I want to throw up because it's just stuff. It's just too much. And it's like everybody is doing the same thing. You got these big old crazy seafood uh, meals and, or it's just enormous amount of food they be trying to get you to eat in one sudden, man. Like, I ain't saying that you, you shouldn't eat. I mean, you can have it, but just like we got to. We some gluttons, man. It'd be a lot of damn food. <laughs> and we wonder why, you know, we obese and we getting sick and stuff. And nobody ain't really trying to work out. They just getting surgeries and stuff. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to, to each his own, man. I'm not going to sit here and say this disclaimer. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an anti-vaxxer. You can do whatever the hell you want to. I'm just speaking on me. I ain't getting no vaccine. I'm going to focus on continuing to build up my health uh, by the herbs I put into my body, the, the teas, the, um, the herbal supplements that I take, the, the foods that I eat, the, the vegetables, the fruits, all that, working out, the stuff. I'll continue to do that. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and be fear-mongered by the government into taking the vaccine I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. You're not going to fearmonger me into taking this vaccine. And it's like a lot of people just taking this vaccine based off of fear instead of doing <laughs> doing what they should have been doing from day one, you know, eating healthy, exercising, 
having good mental space and stuff like that because all that shit is connected. That vaccine is only like 65% effective. After taking two rounds of the vaccine, you still have a, a 30-something percent chance of getting the vaccine. I mean, not the vaccine, of getting the virus, man. Come on. This shit is crazy. But, um, yeah, do whatever you feel comfortable doing, you know. But like I said, I'm not I'm not down with it. I'm not down with it. It's like people uh running from people who just so afraid and afraid, you know, it's like I understand you may not want to die now, but I mean death is inevitable, so it's like you <laughs> trying to run away from something. I mean, if you get it, I mean you get it, but the vac they haven't proven that the vaccine is effective enough to keep the virus away from you. So what are you going to do? I mean, stay your ass in the house, eat right, exercise, do all that. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, shit, honestly, we, we already know people going to do whatever the hell they want to do. Florida turned up. Atlanta turned up. Shoot, some other states turned up. I mean, people just going to do what they want to do. Um it is going it's going to be what it is but i like i've said previously before i do find it interesting that the flu has just magically disappeared you ain't heard nothing about the flu since the coronavirus came out but i'm gonna leave it there i'm gonna leave it there what else i got for y'all um mr potato head <laughs> this shit is wild um yeah so hasbro came out and um, said, Mr. Potato Head is done. He's done. Mr. Potato Head is done. They making him gender neutral. So now he's going to be just called Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head is no longer a mister. Hasbro, the company that makes the potato-shaped plastic toys, giving the Spud a gender-neutral new name, Potato Head. This change will appear on boxes this year. I just find, I just think that this is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, like, for one, you have a Miss Potato Head. So why are you only making the male gender-neutral? You don't find that? sketchy is i mean i find like i feel like there's an agenda behind that two i'm 39 years old i know i know who mr potato head is i, I grew up on it I, i've played with mr potato head when i was a little kid mr potato head has accessories right you can pop the eyes off you can pop the nose off the lips the mustache and all that other stuff why are you going out your way to publicly change the name of Mr. Potato Head when you can make Mr. Potato Head whatever you want <laughs> just by the accessories. It's just not clicking. It's not the, the logic behind what they're doing is not clicking. Not just I'm just like there's an agenda going on here because why are you only choosing to make Mr. Potato Head gender neutral but leaving Miss Potato Head the way that she is? And plus, it's fucking accessories that you can, a kid can do whatever, <laughs> you can make the Mr. Potato Head whatever the hell you want to. You can actually take 
you can actually make Mr. Potato Head Miss Potato Head if you want to. I mean, am I am I wrong? I mean, this is what I'm remembering from when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I just don't get it. But um yeah. <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's it's really weird. Um uh, moving along. Um Biden's HHS pick Rachel Levine advocates sex changes for children. Um this is actually his pick for assistant secretary of health at the Department of Health and Human Services. And like I said, uh, Rachel Levine um, is an advocate of sex changes for kids. And them taking puberty blockers. And I have a clip um, for this. And... Uh, let me pull it up. Y'all know I gotta find my clips because, like I said, I just be having so many clips. Let me cue this up. I believe this. Yeah, here you go, right? Here. All right. I identify where at birth, so they might present as the other gender, and they might be more. Uh, uh, gender fluid, uh, but you kind of let the child kind of with, with counseling and with the family kind of determine how they present, but there's no medical treatment. Um, so at the start of puberty, so if they fulfill all the criteria with pubertal stage two, which means you're just starting puberty and everyone's on board. So your parents are, the parents are on board, the therapist is on board, the physician's on board, and obviously the patient's on board. Then you can do this protocol. So the protocol developed in the Netherlands has two phases. The first phase at the young adolescent age is to give what are called a pubertal blocker, to give a medicine to block the progression of puberty so you don't go through the wrong puberty, and then to continue some counseling. And then somewhere between 14 and 16 years of age to start slowly cross-gender Again, they have to go through puberty. Puberty doesn't happen, it's gonna go take years. So you start low doses, you gradually increase so that they never go through the wrong puberty. That way, for a transgender woman, male to female, they don't, their voice doesn't drop, they don't have hair, they don't have to have electrolysis. For a transgender man, they don't have breast development that will need surgery, they don't have periods, etc. So you block puberty, and then you can, um, with the appropriate time, send them through the puberty consistent with their gender identity. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> what I find interesting about this is um that's why I played it after the Miss Potato the Mr. Potato Head um stuff. Because I feel like this is um this is going like to another level because kids are so impressionable and it's like you, it's kinda like society is forcing some forcing something on them you know let them be kids first and when they of age to make decisions for themselves and for their lives and their bodies and stuff let them let them do that on their own but i feel like certain stuff is being pushed on them based off of a of a projection from certain people in that community you know, and with kids, 
I don't have any children, but just based off of kids and their development as they grow older and then the development of their mind and stuff like that, and me understanding how when I was a kid and how, you know, um, certain things that I went through um, that were traumatic for me mentally and emotionally that was kind of the, the, the cause of the cause and effect of why I ended up dealing with depression and anxiety that this is sort of the same thing. And it, it had me looking at stuff like with this, with this projection on the kids and having this, these things out here that is almost to the point where these kids are so impressionable that it's similar to child rape. And I hope you get what I'm saying. Because you, we've heard so many stories of, of children that have been raped and how the adult in the situation convinced them mentally that it was okay that the adult was doing what they were doing or what the kid was doing to the adult was okay based off of manipulation or whatever it is, a narrative, an agenda, a projection, and how that cycle will go on and on in some cases where you have an adult that was molested in the past and he ended up molesting and stuff like that. So it's like <clears throat> a projection in some cases. It's you're, you're forcing it on them. You, these kids, some kids are so impressionable that they won't, they shouldn't be, have, they shouldn't even be thinking about this right now. They should just be being kids. And it's almost to a degree where it can be traumatic for them mentally mentally and emotionally and I just thought I just think that it's just it's just kind of just I feel sorry for kids these days because I feel like they they're being pushed to make too many decisions in their life and not have a opportunity to actually be a kid first and then you know get to the point where they can make decisions for themselves. They having a lot of decisions being made for them based off of projections and um, trauma that or whatever that was done to whoever's speaking the stuff out there. And I'm not saying all, because when it comes down to it, and I will always say that, and you heard me say plenty of times, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> I don't care. But I'm looking at it from the aspect of, Children, 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 children. They need to be protected. And certain things, in, in certain cases, some kids are too impressionable to be having certain things out there pushed on them. And you just can't trust every adult that they're actually making the right decision for children because you've had priests out here molesting kids you have family members molesting kids you have certain things in 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 commu communities particularly like if you think about black community you've had family members molesting kids and fam and that the whole family knew but they keeping it quiet you know shit like that adults don't always have the best interest for kids so we have to be mindful of that and we have are we putting the kids really first or are we just trying to push a projection or a, a you know or something on them that came from our past or 
you know, it's just protect the kids, man. We got to make sure that we putting them first. Let me see. This is another clip that I ran a across that I thought was just, it was awful. Um, <clears throat> All right, let me pull the clip up. In the third trimester could right. about your bill how, yeah, how late I mean, how late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman or physical health okay okay i'm, I'm um, talking about the mental health so i mean through the third trimester the third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks okay but to the end of the third trimester yep i don't think we have a limit in the bill so um where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would I understand would make that. I'm that asking point. if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. Yeah, so we heard the clip. Um, this was uh, her name is Kathy Tran. Uh, she's a Democrat, Democrat, and uh, she was introducing the bill. And you heard what her bill was basically talking about. It was basically saying that even up to a woman giving birth, she can actually have an abortion. Literally dilating and giving birth, she can have an abortion. And this is what I'm talking about with people and their projections. And we have to stop putting so much trust into politicians and lead and leaders, people in people that have power positions because they're human just like us. They have they've gone through stuff, you know, traumatic. They've experienced certain things and stuff. So we don't know where we don't. We don't know when they push stuff out, when they push narratives out there, when they introduce stuff, when they want certain things done, when they have certain agendas. We don't know what is what is at the heart of these these things. Like. You literally telling you literally saying that a woman should be able to abort a child. When she's giving birth. I'm going to just leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> this is some, some interesting stuff. And like I said, <clears throat> disclaimer, I just like to, it's just certain things I just like to bring up just so people can have the conversations on their own. I don't, I'm not here to say that I know all, you know, Y'all know me. I'll never sit here and say that. I don't know all. I don't have the right answers for everything. But I will introduce shit into the equation that needs to be addressed. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> 
moving on. Uh, I'm almost done. I'm almost done because I'm I'm ready to get something to eat and call it a night. I am desired. Um. Let me see. Where do I want to go now? So Biden. Let's talk about Biden. We still ain't got our stimmies yet. Still ain't got them semis yet. Um, still ain't got no nothing addressed in the black community yet. Immigrants have been addressed. LGBTQ have been addressed. Asians have been addressed, but not black people yet. This is something interesting right here. Joe Biden, he canceled Trump's Operation Thailand program that targeted sex offenders legal sex offenders living in the US illegally. Uh, he shut down the nationwide operation to track and deport illegal alien child sex offenders. I thought that was interesting and very disturbing that he would do that. Um, recently, uh, early in the week, uh, the U.S. Uh, launched airstrikes in, in Syria, and we still haven't got our stimmies. We got money to bomb people, but no money to help the American Citizens, nope. American citizens, nope. And you have the Biden supporters. A lot of them have been quiet on like social media and stuff. But the ones that have been have been speaking have been coming out saying, "Well, it's only been it's only been a couple of months." You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, is it? You know, he still got time to do this and he do that. But what about the promises that he, he initially made, the things that he said that he was going to do in this time frame when he got in the office that he hasn't done? And it's just like people's hate for Trump is was so strong that they just giving Biden passes for the same shit that Trump was doing, if if not worse. Shit is wild, man. It's like if. If people ain't uh, worshiping celebrities, they worshiping politicians. You got Americans out here getting um, evicted, can't pay their bills. You had the shit going on in Texas where people was dying because their power was out, no running water, all that. Can't get no assistance from, from the government, but... They allow in uh, millions of illegal aliens into the country. They bombing other countries. They helping other immigrant communities. But American citizens ain't getting nothing. You got this uh, Equality Act um, that, that's supposed to benefit black Americans, foundational black Americans. But it seems as though that the benefits ha have and will be going so mostly to the white LGBTQ community. Um, and when it comes to these these 
these groups. You have the uh, LGBTQ, you have uh, feminist groups and stuff like that. And I talked about this in past episodes before, how these groups, you have the, the, white, the white people in these groups get total support from black people. You have the black LGBTQ people supporting the, old, the group as a whole. As same way with the uh, feminist movement. But when it comes time for the issues of black women or black LGBTQ people, then you don't have that same support from the white people in those groups. And this is why I always say you will always be looked at as a so-called black person first before you be looked at as a LGBTQ or a feminist. And this stuff plays totally into the Willie Lynch syndrome when how I talked about before with they've used the black woman as the spokesperson to push these narratives and to push these agendas against black men and the black community as a whole. You got the stuff recently that's been popping up with the Asian community and how this narrative is being pushed that black people are out here harassing, killing Asian, Asian Americans. It's just, it's just crazy. And that's why Biden popped up and got this this bill, this Asian protection bill for, you know, the Asian community. Where did this narrative come from? I mean, for years, years. I remember as a little kid doing like the the Rodney King stuff, how prevalent it was with Asian Americans harassing black people discriminating against black people. But now all of a sudden, the big problem has been us doing it to them. Just back in 2019, all over social media, you've seen several videos of Asian men and women in, in the nail salons and stuff like that beating, physically beating Black women kidnapping and all of that. And I'm saying kidnapping because they wouldn't let them leave the shop. That's kidnapping. So I'm going to play some clips for y'all. Let me cue them up. Let me cue them up. I got to make sure I find the right ones. I got so many. Let me delete some. Let me delete the ones I used while I was. Uh, yeah, but it's definitely interesting with these Biden supporters how they just loving the fact that Trump out of office, but Biden doing the same thing, and they got excuses. For days of what he doing. Um, all right, let 
me pull up. Let me find this clip. All right. Cue to clip up these damn ads on the YouTube video. All right, here we go. Here we go. But, but isn't it also possible? All right, this is uh, Malcolm X. And he's talking about the media. About that it's the white people, the poor people, the people down in my neighborhood, the white people, those that don't work, those that are on welfare, those that have nothing. And they got together too. And you help us, we'll help you. You help us get up there. You help us get rid of some of these people that are pressing down on us. No, I Aren't say you should be just you should be just as active in your neighborhood as we're trying to, as you have been in our neighborhood. Everybody's going for something. We alone, there are too few of us. There are too many men up there with all their cop cars and everything. That's what they're always telling you. Never let your enemy tell you how how uh, how many of you there are. Never let the man that you're against form your opinion. This is the trick that's played on everyone who's oppressed. The first thing, an occupation, uh, when you have a revolution in the country, the first thing you take over is the radio. And then you start telling the people that everybody, the war is over. And, 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 and so all of them surrender. No, they believe that thing right there. And once they take that over, they start telling you uh, where you are and where they are, and you fall right in line. It's plain thought control. The majority of the American people aren't segregationists. That the majority of the American people aren't imperialists, but the government is, the structure is, the power faction is. So, what, how, how then do all the majority go along with it? Because those who sit in power over the television, over the radio, and over the press is constantly telling those who are the masses how free they are, <laughs> and, how, and how, how this they are, and how that they are. So the, a mistake is made on your part uh, when you think that white people suffer the same as black people. Uh, uh, or as many Jews will say, well, we're a minority too. Or the Irish will say, well, we used to be a minority. No one's a minority like we are. They, don't, they didn't need civil rights legislation to solve any other minority problem. They didn't need, they, they didn't, it didn't take a civil war to solve any other minority problem. It didn't take Supreme Court decisions to solve any other, uh, other, other minority problem or legislation. It takes none of that other kind of that action to solve the minority problems of these other people. The only real minority in America is the Afro-American. Now, when white people who are oppressed and poor, supposedly, but the poorest white person can go where the richest black person can't go. It isn't, it isn't only uh, 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 poverty of, uh, uh, in money that one, that we're talking about, poverty in spirit, poverty in, in freedom, poverty in equality, poverty in human dignity. This is the kind of poverty we're, we're suffering from. So that the richest Negro in this country is still poor. When it comes to freedom, he's broke. When it comes to human dignity, he's broke. This is the kind of poverty we're talking about. So when you find white people who are poor, with all these doors that there are open to them, any door that you knock on, if you're qualified, it'll open. So when you find a poor white person, he's in bad shape. He didn't. Oh man, 
he's in bad shape. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, this this narrative that's being pushed out there uh, about the Asians versus blacks or the blacks versus Asians, whichever side you on. This this narrative that they, they're pushing out there lately. So I'm going to play another clip. Against Asians. We need... All right, let me preface this one. It says, this clip is from ABC's Nightline. Um, and the inter the interviewer, um, I don't know, I forgot her name, but she's an Asian woman. And she's interviewing Asian people and doing this. You'll hear it. Let me start it over again. Have blacks been pitted against Asians? We need the black community to realize that the that black people are hurting Asians and they need to speak out of, uh, in their own community. Our communities are not reporting these incidences. We don't want to cause more trouble, more attention to our community. It strikes me that this is the Asian equivalent of the talk that African-American parents often have to have with their children. In what way? Fuck out of here with that shit, man. <clears throat> For as long as I know, from the time that I was a kid, I knew the next people outside of racist white people to watch out for was racist Asian people. Because they be on that, they be just as foul as, as racist white people. They will shoot you down in the street. If you don't know this name, Latasha Harlins, Look it up. Latasha Harlins. Just look it up. This was back in the 90s. For as long as I remember, just going into any type of store that was run by an Asian, you're going to get watched. You're going to get followed around that store. White people, won't, white people won't even do that half the time, but them Asians will. They, they come over here and have this, this hatred for us. <laughs> out of nowhere, whether they getting it from movies, TV, whatever, they, they got it for us from, from the jump. But we'll bring their businesses in our community, but feel the need to do this. Baffles me. Baffles the hell out of me. I'm going to play another clip for you. I got a couple of clips on this topic. <laughs> because it's just too many examples to show that it's that... It's a narrative being pushed. Malcolm said there hasn't been no legislation for other minorities. But now all of a sudden there's a legislation for Asian Americans. A legislation that puts in protections for them based off of racism. As if we aren't still getting shot down in the streets to this day. As if he wasn't the vice president when the majority of these black killings were getting put all over social media on video. Next clip. Each year, Americans waste. Let me get through this damn advertisement first. I'm up now. I'm hungry. She admitted her bitch was crying like a motherfucker. Hell no, nah, man. Keisha, she gonna be at the motherfucking party, nigga. Uh, oh, I'm all faded. 
That's from Minister Society. We all know where that went. But this is the, like, I remember seeing this movie as a kid. So this movie in the movie theater with my older brother. And, like, even before seeing this movie, I already knew about this shit. You know, I already knew about going into stores run by Asians and having to deal with this type of discrimination. Being followed and watched around stores and shit. This was, this was our reality as little kids. You know what I'm saying? And then growing up and it's still being the same way. So, uh, around the corner from my neighborhood is like fast food places everywhere. Carryouts, nail salons, everywhere. It's over 10 Asian businesses in in my in my community. My community is 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 but is all but black and <laughs> black people, so-called black people and uh Hispanics and Latinos. Over 10 over 10 Asian businesses, carryouts, liquor stores, uh nail salons, everything. I've been in a few of these stores and seen plenty of times where these Asian people have been grimy to their customers, to us, argue with them, cuss them out, everything. And the people don't even be doing nothing. It's just like this, this hatred for, for us off the break. But now this narrative is being pushed out there that we are the problem. We are the threat to them. Crazy. I'm going to play another clip. It's another clip that was around on the internet back in the day. It was of a, a little kid in a convenience store uh, run by some Asians. Money back. You only gave me five dollars. I gave you twenty motherfucking dollars. No, you didn't. You only gave me five dollars. 
No, I gave you 20, and I ain't gonna sit here and argue with your flat-ass face, old girl. I want oh, my fucking change back. Go home, or you only gave me $5. You know, I gotta get change back. You know what's the thing about y'all Chinese motherfuckers? Chinese? Me no Chinese, me Japanese. Don't make it a name, or you gotta have it. Oh, girl, don't be talking that little Japanese shit over here. This is America. America, I mean, it's just like this. It's just this is the problem with mainstream media, and we and we get caught up into we get caught up into the mainstream media and believing everything that they the narratives that they push to us politically, everything they play off our emotions. It's just we just act like we haven't experienced what we've experienced and we'll just forget about everything we ex experience and believe the narratives that's being pushed to us. It was like, we straight up pawns and, and pussies out here. <laughs> and we believe, you know what I'm saying? We believe the narratives pushed to us as if we didn't experience no bullshit. But, um, yeah, that ends the show. I mean, I mean what, <laughs> what more can I say? I mean, like, and this is what I'm saying. This is this disclaimer. Where I'm coming from ain't got nothing to do with hate. I'm I'm showing you the, the hate against us. The hate, you know what I'm saying? I'm showing you everything that they doing against us. Whether black, poor, white, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And and let me let me point this out. This is something that I, I forgot to mention when I was talking about the Fred Hampton in the movie last episode. One thing that I found surprising about uh, Fred Hampton and something that I didn't know was like he he basically was the first to, to start the Rainbow Coalition. Like we think about we think when we hear Rainbow Coalition, we think Jesse. But Fred Hampton was the was the one that was doing that. And you'll see a little aspect of it in the movie about, you know, how he, he brought the uh, disenfranchised uh, lower class white people together and stuff like that to to work with the Chicago Black Panther Party, you know, to get what was owed to, you know, the disenfranchised. And I always that that shit always boggles my mind about um you have the the poor white people, disenfranchised white people, but they hate us so much. They don't even realize that they they getting played too. And if we just all come together, <laughs> we can eliminate the shit that we go through. But yeah, it is what it is. I mean, like I said, I enjoy talking on the podcast and throwing stuff out there. Disclaimer, it ain't about no hate with me. I'm just about facts, truth, and whatever. I ain't got time for that debating shit. If you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm about progression. But I appreciate everybody listening to the show. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Check out my new blog post, I Am Intentional, on greatestiamblog.com. Follow me on greatest.i.am.blog on Instagram, as well as a Taste to Consider podcast on Instagram. And, yep, it was, this week wasn't um, the Love Language show. <laughs> I know y'all like, this show better be damn good. You, you making us wait long. <laughs> And it probably won't be next week either. But I'm still reading the book, man. I mean, it's a good book. And and like I've said plenty of times, like I'm a very um thought-provoking person. So when I when I get into reading something or 
or watching a documentary or learning something new and it provokes me, you know, it provokes my mind, it provokes my thought and stuff like that. I'm going to go back and I'm going to reflect on it. I'm going to see how it relates to me, you know. So, yeah, I'm sorry. But you're going to get the show. Trust me, you're going to get the show. You're going to get the show. Like I said, I always end the podcast with a song. So, um, um, let me... Shoot, I guess I'll pick some Tupac shit since I've been talking about the <laughs> all this stuff <laughs> that I've been talking about. Um, let me find something that I guess resonates with the show a little bit. Um, I definitely appreciate the feedback that I've gotten so far uh, about my blog. Like, literally, I just, you know, I wrote it and... I posted it on my my website today, and I've gotten uh, feedback from it so far, and I appreciate the feedback from it. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. If you haven't listened to it yet, please go listen to it. Um, everything on my blog is is my truth, is my you know my vulnerability. Um, I do it for myself to help myself as well as help others. Uh, like I said, all this stuff popping up with. Uh, bullying with the mental health and the mental illness stigmas and stuff like that um it's it's pushing me more and more to um i gotta you know i gotta get back out there speak my truth and stuff and push my stuff out there you know um getting back into working on my book i've put that off long enough as i said um this year is about being intentional so yeah I'm still looking for so. <laughs> um, let me just go on. See, I don't want to just go on Tupac's uh, Spotify page and hit shuffle, and then nothing don't come up that got nothing to do with the podcast. Um, I just play this. I just played it. A little girl named Corinne. Stay sick and sit a podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. Going into a new week. Everybody, be intentional. Stay focused. Choose yourself first. 
keep your head up. I remember Marvin Gaye used to sing to me. He had me feeling like black was the thing to be. And suddenly the kettle didn't seem so tough. And though we had it rough, we always had enough. I often bumped about my curfew and broke the rules. Run with the local crew and had a smoke or two. I realized mama really paid the price. She nearly gave her life to raise me right. Trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. It's hard to be legit, but still pay your rent. And in the end, it seems I'm heading for the pen. I try to find my friends, but they blowing in the wind. Last night, my buddy lost his whole family. It's gonna take the man in me to conquer this insanity. It seems the rain will never let up. I try to keep my head up. And still keep getting wet up. You know it's funny when it rains, it pulls. Money for wars, but can't feed the poor. Said it ain't no hope for the youth and the truth is it ain't no hope for the future And then they wonder why we crazy I blame my mother for turning my brother into a crack baby We ain't meant to survive, is this a setup? You gotta keep your head up Say to consider podcast greatestiamblog.com Like share support me and come back for more Out of a hand without a man feeling helpless because it's too many things for you to deal with. Dying inside, but outside, you're looking fierce. While the tears is rolling down your cheeks, you're steady hoping things don't all turn to sweet. Cause if it did, you couldn't take it. And don't blame me, I was given this world, I didn't make it. And now my son's getting older and older and cold from having the world on his shoulders. While the rich kids are driving bins, I'm still trying to hold. Friends. And it's crazy. It seems to never let up. Uh, Please, you got to keep your head up. Say, sticking to the podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. Talk to you next week. <laughs>